so glad you're with us for this study of Joshua. This is week three, day three. We're walking through chapter six together, seeing these principles for how daily victory comes into our lives, for how you win your greatest battles. We've talked about that if you're going to win your greatest battles, you have to trust God's promise above your circumstances. If you're going to win life's greatest battles, you have to trust God's strategy above your strength. If you're going to win life's greatest battles, you have to trust God's timing above your timing. And then in verses 17 and 19, there's a fourth principle in this chapter. Let me read those verses and then talk about the principle. The city and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord, God says. Only Rahab the prostitute and the others in her house will be spared, for she protected our spies. Do not take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on all of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought to the treasury. In these few verses, we see this decision that they're being challenged to make by God and through Joshua, through his message to them. And it's the decision to decide on personal purity rather than selfish power. It's not your selfish power. You may have a lot of power over people. You may have a lot of willpower. It's not your selfish power that's going to bring daily victory. In fact, it ends, up in, it ends up in egotistical defeat. It's personal purity that brings real victory. Now, purity for them, what did it mean? We can learn some lessons from this. Purity from, for them meant the integrity to save Rahab and the morality to not take into their lives that which God had forbidden. First, they had the integrity to save Rahab. Remember, this is the prostitute who had shown the spies through the city, brought the spies in and getting them safely out of the city. And they had promised that they would protect her. And they had the integrity to keep their word to her. And then they had the morality not to take into their lives that which God had forbidden. God said, don't take these things in. These things are to be destroyed. These things are to be brought to the treasure to be used for God's worship. Integrity in their relationships, morality in their actions. That's a, that's a definition of purity in your everyday life integrity in your relationships, morality in your actions, your relationships. When you start to misuse people, don't be surprised that you start to mistreat your relationship with God. They go together. When you don't have personal purity, it begins to hurt your relationship with God. Morality in your actions. Don't take into your life that which the Lord forbids. When you start to take into your life things that God forbids, don't be surprised that you're pushing out of your life that which he desires. There's not room in your life for both. We like to think that there is, but there is not room in your life for both. We all fool ourselves and say, oh yeah, I can fit this thing, which I know God doesn't really want in my life, but I got plenty of time. I got plenty of energy. I'll, I'll fit this thing in, whatever it happens to be. It might be, a, uh, it might be a greed in your life. It might be a lust in your life, a sexual lust in your life. It might be a... Uh, it might be a desire for popularity in your life. And you say, I can fit this thing in. It might be a literal thing. God doesn't really want me to have that thing. I want to have that thing. I'm fitting it in. Or it might be a temptation that you're following. I can fit it into my life, and I'll still have plenty of time for God. Anytime you do that, anytime you try to force into your life, you put into your life something, that which, something which is that which God forbids, you're pushing out of your life that which God desires. Personal purity grows out of our trust in God. But remember this, personal purity also enables a greater trust in God. As you make the choice 
to have integrity in your relationships, morality in your actions, you're actually putting your heart in a place of greater and greater trust in God because you see that he's faithful. You see that he comes through. You see that when you do it his way, there's greater joy. When you do it his way, there's greater fulfillment. When you do it his way, there's greater fruitfulness in your life. Purity means that you've trusted God with all your life. Think this through with me. You cannot be partially pure. If I have a glass of water and I say it's pure water, why don't you drink it? You'd like to drink it. If, if I take a little bit of dirt and drop it in it and say, oh, it's pure, it's, it's pretty pure right now, it's almost pure, you're not going to want to drink the water. If I say it's 99% pure, you're saying, oh, it's not pure anymore. How about you and I? None of us are perfect, but we can be pure because Jesus has given his purity to us. That's one of the gifts that comes because of the cross. But never make the mistake of believing that you can trust God with one part of your life, but not the whole of your life. That's trying to be partially pure. That's no purity at all. Never make the mistake of thinking you can trust God with just this problem. God, solve this one without trusting him with all of your life. Now, I would love to trust God with all of my life all of the time, but I don't. I struggle with trusting him. I instead trust myself. I trust my way, trust my feelings, my opinions. I trust my temptations. When I decide I'm going to trust him, I can't say, God, I think I'll trust you with just everything but that temptation now. That's no trust at all. When I decide to trust, even though I struggle to trust, when I decide to trust, I got to go all in. I got to say, God, I'm trusting you with my all. None of us are perfect. We've all sinned. Jesus will give you his purity and he will give you the power to act out of that purity in your everyday life. You keep coming back to him again and again and again and say, God, I'm trusting you with my all again. Now, based on their trust in God, look at what happened. Verse 20, when the people heard the sound of the horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the city from every side and captured it. The walls fell. God brought the walls down. Now, I want you to remember something with me. As you think about how God works in our lives when we trust him, remember before these walls fell, before these walls fell, they had prepared their hearts on the other side of the Jordan for the battles they were going to face. Before these walls fell, they had crossed the Jordan trusting God. Before these walls fell, they had prepared their hearts again to trust God. Before these walls fell, they had listened to God and done what he said. Before these walls fell, they'd marched around that city for six days. So if you think that the walls of Jericho falling was something that happened in one moment, you've missed the journey of trust that they had. God is showing them the result of trusting him day after day after day. He's showing them the power of trust. I don't know if you know old hymns. You might remember that old hymn, Only Trust Him. You remember how it goes, only trust him, only trust him, only trust him. And then my favorite word in the hymn is the next word, only trust him, now. Do it now. That's the only time I can trust God, is right now in this moment. Throughout Joshua, he's been saying to them, I have given this to you. I will be with you. I will not fail or forsake you. These are all invitations to trust. These are all ways that God's telling them of their need to trust. And you and I, God's inviting us to trust him right now. Maybe you've never trusted him. Maybe you've never said to Jesus Christ, Jesus, I trust you. I trust you for salvation. I trust you for life. I trust you for eternity. Only trust him 
now. Trust him now, not yourself, not your goodness, not your life. You may be a really good person. I don't know. You might be a really bad person. The truth is, compared to God, none of us have enough goodness. None of us have enough goodness to be in relationship with him. But Jesus is willing to give us his goodness. You trust him for it. How do you get it? You trust him for it. God, give it to me. Trust him now. Say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. Save me. Forgive me. Give me new life. Give me abundant life. If you've already trusted him for that kind of life, you still need to trust him every day of your life. Trust him now with the day that you have today. You have a choice. Are you going to trust your circumstances or are you going to trust his word? Are you going to trust your timing or God's timing? Are you going to trust your selfish power or are you going to trust in the purity that God can bring into your life through Christ? That which you trust will determine your actions. Trust him now. Jesus, that's what we pray for. That's what I pray for. Help me to trust you now. Not think about how I trusted you yesterday and try to rest on that somehow or think about how I'm going to trust you tomorrow and give up on trusting you today. Help me to see how I can trust you now with my life, with my heart, with my temptations, with my ministry, with my relationships, with all that you've given into my life. Help me to trust you now. In your name I pray. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to see how quickly we stop trusting and how to start trusting again. 